Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, guys, welcome back. Earn your leisure. We got a very special episode a today. Legendary one. Yeah, these, these are my favorite episodes. <laughs> me, you know, me and Troy, we grew up on music before anything. So anytime we get to hear backstories on music, entertainment, and the whole industry, like yeah. it's always special for Especially us. Especially from our era, man. The, the yeah, legends yeah. of our era get to tell you. Yeah, we was just telling Chris Gotti, shout out to Chris, shout out to Kenny Burns, shout out to all the guys that, that came on and was giving us hilarious stories and all that. <laughs> but also also informational Yeah, as well. absolutely. There's education in it, right? So yeah, that, that makes sure, it beautiful. Sure, So yes, I say that to say we have none other than the legendary Nick Storm. Hey. Thank you, thank Why you. Why zone? Yeah, yes. 914, so 914. 914 thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you don't know Nick, Nick is a very interesting guy. He um, kind of the brain behind the blow up of Ciroc, is that safe to say? Safe to say that. The million case man, they call you. Million yes. case yes. man. <laughs> Former yes. national brand ambassador for Ciroc, so he's a wizard in the um, spirits industry, and he got his start in the music industry. So we on EYL, we cover every aspect of business, mm -hmm. um, and the spirits industry is a 
billion dollar, multi billion dollar industry, and it's something that we haven't covered yet. And you have twenty years of experience mm-hmm. from working with Hypnotic, from working with Ciroc, from all over. Um, so we thought you was the perfect guest to bring yeah. on. So yeah. first and foremost, thank you, thank you for coming. No, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, he's the first guest who brought his own wine. Yeah, he got yeah. the wine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, swirling it and all that. Yeah, I, was just, I had a long day, and I was like, you know what? I mean, I, I didn't know if I can drink on this thing, but you know, I know, you know, at drink champs you can drink. <laughs> but I had to bring my own wine just to, you know, to smooth the night out. <laughs> I mean, it's fitting. It's the spirits industry. Yeah, and the wine is here. Yeah, my Definitely. man Wall Street Trapper. Shout out to him. He was like, you know, the one thing I like about your podcast is. Yeah, just the guests just come as they are. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, there's man. no dress code, there's no rules. We, yeah, just, uh, come as you are. Okay, because I, I, you know, I had a button down in the car. Right? <laughs> and I, and I, yeah, I did. And Jay was like, "No, Nick, go with just." I was like, "Okay, no problem." <laughs> well, so shout out to Jeff Tweedy because he's gonna have some Sean John on the on the on the shot. Okay, right? so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean John. Shout that was my favorite it. clothing line, man. <laughs> yeah, shout yeah. out to and shout out shout out to my man Jay Crew Love. Yes, yeah, yeah, a legend yeah. in his own right. Another yes, nine one four guy. Thank you for putting this together. We appreciate you. So, all right, Nick. So, can we get your backstory? So, you started in the music industry. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I started um, in the music industry. And that's when people was actually making real money in music, right? Whoa. Like, real money. This is CDs. Yeah, this was CD time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I interned at Sony, and um, it was passing out CDs at night, like, at all clubs that, that was popping at that time, like, so, Tom Nolan, you name it. What was your, what was your, so, all right, you started as an intern. Started um, as an intern at Sony. Um, I think I got my real, I want to say this, I got my real movement in the music business to learn the music business, more importantly, with a gentleman by the name of Dave Hall. Mm. Because when Dave um, got me, he not only just had me as like, you know, like I was Dave's assistant, but slash general manager of his studio. And that was, that entitled a lot because Dave at the time, I mean, mind you, that Dave's discography was crazy. So, you know, he did all of Mary, like, biggest first hits on, on her first one, right? Mm-hmm. So he did all of those tracks. And then he was, like, really, um, I mean, his biggest next movement was, like, from Brownstone, um, Mariah Carey, Dream Lover, did Fantasy, mm-hmm. um, Madonna, um, you know, Horace Brown, Intro. <laughs> now, I'm bringing you back, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bringing, yeah, so, you know. And, and you know what's so crazy? Dave and Eddie F., like, even think of The Living Color, yeah. <laughs> like the song Eddie itself. F that, that was that's, easy yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah so see that's Eddie F and them had the Untouchables and the Untouchables had the producers that was under him mm-hmm. you know cause back then remember guys had like the you know like you know how bad boy the hit like, man. Pop, yeah the hit yeah, man yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. so yeah so they were, Dave was a part of the Untouchables with Eddie F and them but Dave really gave me like the the full movement of like knowing exactly studio time knowing exactly on sampling like that was one of my jobs too it was like when he sampled the record, you had to get it and, and see what sample it was and then send it off and see exactly how much it cost. That was like a really big part of the business back then. Mm-hmm. And that was like, a, I, honestly, I used to think it was a fun part of my job. So you, that, that was when like, you were interning? Yeah, no, no, that's when I got a job. Oh, you got a job. I was like a job. Okay. Like so that, what was your title? I was actually, Dave had titled me as general manager of DMH. So DMH was like Dave Michael Hall, like that was his like whole production company, mm-hmm. you know, and then that was like a thing of, of that, and it, and it felt good because see Dave and them was from Al Vernon, I was from Yonkers, it was like that whole nine one four movement. <laughs> so yeah, so it was like it was a good time, not only a good time with him, but just a good time of being in the business at the time. So all right, so the music business, you kind of scaled that up, right? At that point in time, at some point, you you was working with Nas. No, actually, no, I was working, I, I was working for a lot of the records. Like, so then 
it was uh that's how when I got into the business I took like some of my musical background and I always wanted to be a promoter because like even in college I was like doing promotions you Albany right right so I was like doing my little like at Sneaky Pete's okay <laughs> right so doing little parties up there and then I took um I took some of that knowledge and I went to and met a gentleman by the name of John Vasquez over at Justin's and John was the one who was like Nick um you know what I got a Tuesday night open. How about you put something together? I was like, bet, let's do it like a little industry Tuesdays. So what I was doing was taking little snippets of the albums that was coming out on Sony and Columbia. So okay. I would take those albums, bring them to Justin's like on Monday and start promoting like, yo, industry Tuesdays and be like, yo. Sneak peek. Sneaky peek, yeah, <laughs> sneak peek of uh, Lauren Hill's album, Tuesday night at Justin's. I'm like, what? Lauren Hill gonna be there? Uh, no, but the snippets in the album <laughs> gonna be there. So I would, I would do that. So any artist on Columbia, so any, that, anything that was, from there. Nas was on Columbia. Nas was on Columbia, Fuji's, uh, Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Mariah. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. But anything out of, not only Columbia, but out of Sony as well. I was taking Epic, was big too. So I was taking anything from there as well. So the promoter, so you pretty much promoting. I was a promoter. So promoters always was curious about this. They get how do they get paid? They get pieces of the bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, back then, um, you had a scalable rate of the bar, right? I, like today, I don't know, everybody's a promoter today. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Jesus. But but back then it was like you could you could you could just take a. Um, but back then the door was like a big thing, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what people had to pay to get in the party, mm -hmm. right? Um, those are the good days. Let me just stop there. Okay, those were the good old days. Like, pay for to get in the party, go to the bar, buy a drink, and dance your ass off. Yeah. Go back to the bar, get some water, and go back on the <laughs> dance floor. Those are those days. No bottle right? service. And, and, oh, come on. <laughs> but that was, that was, I mean, yeah. That, but that was VIP. Yeah. That was when you when you was VIP back then. It meant was, something. Oh God, like that. But beyond that velvet rope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you was really, really somebody. <laughs> now anybody's in the velvet rope. My man Joe from the block is on the velvet rope. <laughs> but, but no, but um, but yeah. So I think, but promoters get paid on bar sales. So, but back then when I was getting, I mean, how I was getting paid was just bringing a good night to the venue. So they were just doing like a flat rate. Like you do this, that's good. That this is what you're gonna get. Probably like make three hundred, four hundred bucks. I was good though. Like that was like a good night for me. It was cool, and then and didn't really put the pressure on you with. You know, like bar guarantee. Like everybody, like a bar guarantee. Like somebody give you a venue for a bar guarantee of three thousand, four thousand dollars. You better hope that you make that guarantee. Can you can you explain that with a bar guarantee? A bar guarantee is like okay, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you Justin's on a Monday night. Your bar guarantee is four grand. That means my bar gotta make four grand. Now you go in there, and you better do your big promotion. Now your bar come up short at three grand. You sh you got to cover, yeah, you you cover that thousand, yeah. Mm, right. And now you got to cover that thousand for that four. You so even the guarantee, are you just taking a percentage of it, or are you getting the whole thing? The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like that's. But see, now we have a scalable right now. So now people are doing like, all right, let's just say your bar guarantee was three thousand, right? But now I'm gonna make the three thousand. But if my bar makes four, so it's like. If you if your bar makes four thousand, you're supposed to get ten percent. Your bar makes see that's sometimes they do this. So they you can go between three thousand and five, you're gonna get fifteen percent of the bar. You do five to ten, you're gonna get twenty percent of the bar. That's why like everybody. That's why you, of course you push bottle service so much because you want your bar to really ring numbers as a promoter so that you can get paid out a lot more at the end of the night. So let me ask you this: as far as if you get ten thousand, like once you reach that ten thousand, do you get? 20% of everything or just the 10,000 or the 20% of 5 to 10? 
Like it's you said it's ten percent. Well, it's, I, see most places that that's 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 beyond that's okay. It's different. Place, from, yeah, place, it's different place. from everybody else. Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like most places will do that off the ten, or most places will be doing off the twenty. So okay, you know, it it, it depends on the account. Okay. Okay. All right. So then from there, all right. So you you got it, and then you said you got the Monday night football. I had Monday night football popping. I had industry Tuesdays popping, and um and I just. I just wanted to be within, like, that's when, like, New York was like New York. And it was like, it was like a really good scene. And you and, then, and you just really wanted to be a promoter at that time because it just, I mean, there was a lot of promoters at the time. I mean, I think the biggest promotion company at the time that you wanted to be a part of, but they already had their crew was Black Diamonds. That was like Derek Corley, like from AJ Calloway, like all of them. They had mm. this, like, this group. And, then, and it was like, like, they did really good events, but it was really for, like, us. It was like African-American you know, um, with jobs, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember this place, that, you know, Derek will laugh if you ever hear this, because a place called Orbet, on a Tuesday, all the women in there, they were all women with jobs, all guys Prerequisite. Like, But you know, it's funny, you couldn't even come in there with sneakers. That's how crazy it was. Oh, like yeah. you had to have your shoe game on. Yeah, people people forget about we the dress code times. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dress code era. Like yeah. I remember that era where you had to actually dress up. Yeah, like, hard bottoms and all that. You, you had, had to have, have a collar shirt. It was yeah. like damn, Not button down yeah. and and some shoes. And then if you didn't have a shoe, like I remember one time he said if you didn't have a shoe, you had to have. A sneaker, you know those sneakers like they almost look like a shoe, like a Bally's. Yeah. Like something like that. You were yeah. good with that. Or like the Pradas. Yeah, right. Pradas. Or the Pradas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pradas yeah. was shit back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Every flavor. Yeah. Right. So, all right. So, so, so you became a big name in the city from promoting parties. Small name. Small but name. I, yeah, uh, small I, name. Small name, but making big relationships. Yeah. Relationships was very, a bit, a bigger key. So what's the next thing? Because you're a renaissance man. You do a lot of different things. So you, you, you build a name for yourself in a party. Then do you go to the spirits industry after that? or this, Yeah, well, right then and there, um, I had met a, a, me and a partner of mine, uh, Ebony Brown. She was actually um, a partner of mine that we was doing some summer parties together. And one of the, um, she ended up meeting a guy that wanted to meet me. And I uh, ended up meeting both of them two gentlemen by the name of Raphael and Solomon. And I met them at a, at a coffee shop on 49th Street and 9th Avenue. And I didn't even know what the meeting was about. Mm-hmm. She was just like, Nick, meet these two gentlemen. Um, I think they want to sponsor our next party, but um, they have this liquor brand. I was like, okay, cool. This is the meeting. This, this, <laughs> this is, is the meeting. This is the Pulp Fiction meeting. Because <laughs> this is the meeting when you have like the good brother, which was Solomon, and the bad brother, Raphael. And... He was talking about what they had and this and that. And they had a briefcase on the table. So every time he would say, so do you think you can get this product to Puff Daddy? And I would be like, um, well, I promote at his restaurant, so maybe. So the brother would be like, oh, yeah, so we want to show you. And as soon as he lifts up the, 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 the briefcase, his brother will slam it down. Boom. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> do you think you can get this product? into the hands of the African-American consumers. Yeah, I think I can. <laughs> you want to open up that suitcase and let me see? No, not yet. And it was like a really funny meeting, but it was like, okay, let me step back. So I got the product in my hand, and I didn't know anything about liquor. I knew how to drink it, <laughs> but that was it. But then he took it, um, 
And then the funny story is, uh, I got a call that week from a friend that was doing a party um, at a mansion. And he asked me, he said, Nick, um, do you have any, you know, anybody I can get some liquor from? And I was like, you know what? I got six cases that I could actually give you. Good story. And um, he gave me the six cases, and I brought it up to Bedford, New York. And uh, it was a mansion party, and it had everybody there, um, from music execs on down to the whole, like, industry, from fashion, um, sports, uh, a lot of, I would say, stylists. It, it just was everybody that you can imagine. And I brought it down there. We were having a good time. And I remember the creative, um, the catering lady came to me within the side of the party, mid into the party and said that um, I'm gonna need more product of that blue stuff that you had. Mm. I was like, what is it? I mean, I know you couldn't have, because wait a minute, I gave you six cases, six in the case, six times. How many, six. Yeah, how many in the case? Uh, six cases, there's six in the case. Okay. Six cases, that's 36. No way in the world that someone went through half that product already and the party is just like two hours in. So she's like, no, you need to come with me. So I came with her and it was like a beautiful deck. But over de overlooking the deck was the pool and like the area. And there was two bars set up. And as I looked over, you know, and she was trying to show me what the bar was doing, I noticed that everybody in their clear cup, everything was blue. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I'm not talking, but I'm talking about like just everybody. I'm not, you everybody know, was everybody. I'm yeah. talking about male, female, Latino, white, black, you name, like everybody. And just enjoying it and having a good time. And I remember walking up to one of the guys and I said to him, I said, what, what you drinking? He was like, I don't know, man, but this, this, this is good. I think it's like some Alizé. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. But then I went around and I asked some girls. And everybody was like, yo this, this, yo, this is fire. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went to the car. I never said nothing. I, call, I remember calling Raphael and I was like, hey, I need to see you Monday. So yeah, Raphael was like, Bad. so I met him on Monday. I told him that I'm in. I said I'm gonna give this a go and 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 let's go. And 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 I don't want to stop with this. And he said, "Listen, I just sold my condo. I'm living with my parents now. I took the money. I'm gonna put it into this brand, and um and, and we gonna rock. I don't, I don't have money to pay you. Very key. <laughs> but if you believe in it, there 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 there'll be money to come." And I said, all right, well, I'm going to need a couple of dollars just to move around. He said, no, I got that. But I know you don't have money for a salary, but you know what? I'm in. So um, I took, we took on the brand, and it was called Hypnotique. It's very important, right? Mm -hmm. So it was called Hypnotique. So for the first three months, I sat in a car and drove with him around the city for three months with Hypnotique. For three months, guys. And went around from every club, every bar, every restaurant, you name it. And we sold nothing. Mm. And 90 days. 90 days of nothing. And I mean, we couldn't sell anything. And um, one night, uh, we were by the FDR drive, because he was getting ready to go back home to Queens. And I was had a paper with me. And... Um, I was writing down, you know, he was listening to Gypsy Kings, you know, the, the music was melodic, he's he's feeling himself, he's like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore, like, and he's, you know, he's like feeling down and depressed, because, you know, he's, we've been rocking and rolling, and we just don't know what's going on, and um, he said, uh, 
I was writing down something. I said, you know, is it possible if we could just change the H to the, maybe we could put an I in front of the P, or maybe we could put a Y, and maybe we could change the Q to a K, maybe like try like a hypnotic. He was like, no, he, he, he can't, but he paused. He said, you, he, wait a minute. Sabaros is called Sabaros, but ain't spelled like, wait a minute. You know, what liquor store you got tomorrow? I said, I got a store in Harlem. And he said, you know what? Try it. I don't, just try it. Just, just see what happens. So the next day, I go up to the store in Harlem. And a guy comes in and had a model with me. And the minute the, the girl said, excuse me, would you like to try some hypnotic? And the guy turned around and said, oh, I'll try some. He tried it. He's like, this is cool. I, I came to buy something else. She was like, oh, no problem. Next guy came in, young black guy. She was like, would you like to try some hypnotic? He was like, hypnotic? <laughs> oh, man, what's that? Like a Alizé? She was like, oh, no, it's different. You know, it's made with fine grapes. It's cognac with a little touch of vodka. You know, she did a little spiel. She gave it to him. He was like, yo, this is, this is good. I even like the name. I looked at him and I said, you like the name? Yeah, we got something. Uh, yo, so I walked back. Call Raphael. I said, Raphael, the brand is called Hypnotic. Yeah. Period. And he was like, Yo, how many bottles you sold? I said, Man, I just sold one. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, I'm a rock with this. So yeah, so we rocked and uh, we changed the name and uh, we went with Hypnotic. And um, no, no, that's not the good part yet, guys. Cause <laughs> I still only sold three bottles that day. And by the fifth month. Um, it's a good story right here. I'm, I'm, and, and I hope you'll understand this. It's like when you take a risk in life and you, and you take a leap, you got to understand that leap and you got to stick with it. Because five months in, I was probably like two months behind on my rent. Car insurance is probably three months lapsed. I'm still working on my dream. I'm still going out every day and I can't sell anything. And I was going to give it all up. On that, I was like, you know what, guys, I, I I don't think I can do it anymore. And I had a long talk with my, my child's mom at the time, and I just had to figure out, I, I just probably just going to go back with my degree and just, you know, and go out and get a job, you know. And uh, I was sitting at home. It was late. You know, when you when it's home at late, you pull that bottle of wine out. <laughs> you just start watching movies. <laughs> and, your man, you know, your brain is going all over the place, like, you know, because you're broke. And you're just trying to figure it out. And a um, movie came on, Shawshank Redemption. Classic, 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 classic. And uh, I was watching it. And the minute Morgan Freeman said, it's either I'm going to go and do one or two things. I'm going to get busy living. I'm going to get busy dying. And that right there sparked me. I was like, oh, man. I'm going to get busy living. That was it. And I got up that morning, and I thought like I was 50% in. I'm not giving up yet. But going in that morning, I got in my car, because in Harlem, you have to move your car, ultimate side of the parking, or early in the morning. J. Crew Love, he, he knows, <laughs> he knows all so well about that. Early morning. And... Um, yeah, yeah, he got money now. So that, you know Life's Right. But, but then... I got up and yo guys, fellas, I turned on the radio, BLS. I was getting ready to move my car 
and Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5, I've never heard this record before in my life, had a record called We're Almost There. And when the horns start with the music and then when the music starts with it, it just, I didn't know what it was. It touched me. And Michael says, the first lines of the says is like, um, no matter how hard times may seem, don't give up on your plan. Don't give up about your dream. Yo, yo. He's talking to me. Yo, he's talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Yo, and then, yo, it's like, and he's talking about, yo, we're almost there. And I was like, oh, man. And I remember that, that I found parking, put my outfit on. I went to the store. And the guy said, you know what? I don't know what anything about you right now, but you, I got my bag with me. He said, but you, the glow that you got, I'll buy a case. I said, sir, because I usually hear no's. Like, I used to walk in, excuse me, sir, you have a chair? I want to show, no. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, I just want to tell you something. <laughs> ma'am, you look good today. Thank you, but ma'am, you want to, no. I've been hearing that so many times. I got a black book that I always laugh about, but I, I always show my friends. And I had 41 no's. Till I had a, I was, I smell like Jackie Robinson, right? Number 42. But 40, on the 42nd one, I felt like that was the one that, that was the key. And that lady, I mean, the guy in the store was like, yeah, but listen, I'm going to take this case. But if I don't sell this over the weekend, you're going to have to come back in here on Monday and buy it back. Mm. And I was like, damn. <laughs> All how right, much, how much this case is going for? Oh, back, I, I think we were probably at like 122, okay. 125. Like we weren't we weren't that expensive because okay. mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about like a seventeen eighteen dollar bottle. Times about that, yeah, about that. Okay. That's what we're selling at. So we went, yeah. So um, I, I got the case, and he said, "Listen, you're gonna have to come back here on Thursday." No, he said Friday and do a tasting. So I was like, "Okay." You know when you're happy because I sold the case, right? So I'm just happy. I'm just running out. Like, yo, okay, thank you. A liquor store tasting. Got you. Friday. Bet. I slammed the door. About to go to the car. And I said, what the hell is a tasting? The, the tasting that he kind of wanted was different. The ones that I was doing was just regular. He wanted something a little bit more uplifting. So I was like, man, you know what? I know how to take this to the next level. So I went and got my, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna spend a couple of dollars. I had to buy a beautiful table, beautiful cloth. I even bought some flowers from the, the guy at the, at the, at the count, at the, the corner. And so that Friday, when I decorated my area, I made it feel so appealing. You know, and I even had like Mike and Ikes. I remember bought like, like light mm -hmm. blue Mike and Ikes, mm -hmm. like to spread them like in a candy jar. Just to, when the customer came in there, he just felt like a different vibe. So it is a tasting, a tasting is like a hosting? Yeah. Tasting is like, yeah, so you have a, you have a table, you have a model. And um, you do it for two hours inside the liquor stores. So someone comes in and you're trying to offer them a sample of it. And you just pour them like one ounce. Yeah, when you, when you said it, I was thinking like, yo, when I go into Sam's, like the people, like they ask you for, like, yo, you want the sample? You want mm -hmm. the sample? You want the sample? Yeah. But the presentation wasn't like yours, obviously. Yeah. No, they, yeah. But nowadays they stepped it up. I was just saying like it's Stuart Leonard's and yeah. this, they were sampling some meat and had like a whole <laughs> barbecue going on. I was like, what? I'll take it. <laughs> These tastes have changed. I'll take that. Uh, what's that? Bacon? <laughs> I take it. No, I'm just kidding. But no, but yeah, no. So that's what the tasting really is. So I did that, and uh, so. But the thing is, guys, this is this is this is marketing 101. How do you get a case that is sold in the liquor store in Harlem? And he says to me, if I don't move these six bottles, I gotta buy it back out of there. What do you do? 
Well, you know what you do. You call your cousins. <laughs> say, call, call six friends. That's it. Yo, so fellas. I called my cousin. That was uh, kind of big time at the time uh, at one of the projects in Harlem. <laughs> and I told him, I asked him, yeah. Or I said, I need a favor. And I went to him on Thursday, and he could not wait to do this favor. He, he thought that this was like a Mission Impossible thing. Because I told him, what I wanted you to do is, I need you to bring in six friends every half hour to this store and buy this bottle. Mm-hmm. And he could, like, he just, like, this, he's never had a job. So this was like a job for him. So he was so happy. He's like, bet, I got this. <laughs> so came 5 o'clock that day at 5.15, one guy walks in and buys a bottle of Hypnotic. Walks out. Owner looked at me at the thing and goes, hmm. Yo, 20 minutes later, no, 15 minutes later, two girls walk in. Hey, what's up? Oh, we come here to get Alizé. And the the girl, like, they doing a whole show. A whole show. (laughs) All right? And I know they're from the block. (laughs) That's the funny part. Goddamn Brendan and Taisha. All right? Yeah, come on now. But they doing a whole skit. And all of a sudden, they takes in the sample. Oh, this is good. What's... Oh, girl, we're going to buy this. They buy two bottles. Now, I got three more to sell. I'm like, oh, please. So now by the third bottle, the manager comes over to me. Yo, owner said, yo, I'm actually, uh, let me buy another case. I said, well, hold on. You, you, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to sell these other three bottles. He said, no, 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 no. For some reason, I feel this. I was like, oh, yeah, I feel it too. So I, I get him another case. So the moral of the story was, my cousin had an operation shut down. <laughs> he not only sent six, but he sent like 12. People were coming in that store buying a bottle, walking out buying a bottle. But the crazy part about it was it was a good summer, like it was a good Friday night. Mm. So they were going back to the block, drinking, having a good time. But now everybody was coming back. My promotion was only two hours. I got a call. I left him with three cases, which was 18 bottles. He went through 18 that night around 9.30 at night. He called me and said, I need five cases by tomorrow morning again. I was like, I got three now, but I'll be back in the morning. The crazy part is, not only did I sell out in that store, he said, yo, I called my brother who has a store on 145th Street up on Broadway. He wants five cases as well on Saturday. So now I had to go there we had to drop off uptown, and then I had to call my other cousin. I'm gonna blow him up in St. Nick Projects because he was closer to that liquor store and do the same operation and blow up that store. And the crazy part is, like, by the end of the weekend, we were 15 cases in, and all of a sudden the buzz started like hitting around the, uh, the projects. And that was the, like that we just started. That was like the start of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just visually appeasing, man. Like yeah. when, when you first see that blue liquor, it was like. For us, when I first saw it, I was like, damn, they drinking Kool-Aid? Like, what are they really drinking? Because like, when we see it, it's like, yo, that looks like the fruit punch flavor or the raspberry flavor. Blue magic. Blue magic. And it was like, so, oh. But all right. So now you, okay. So, but what really skyrocketed the whole thing was. Product placement. right? Fabulous, right? That's what really. So after the 15, are you calling Raphael? Like, yo, we got this? After, yeah, we got this. We got this. Then we started knowing that we noticed that the name change was very key. And then we just started working really hard. Right. And then that was the beginning of the summer. And then I got my first big break. 
in November. Before we get to that one, what you was about to say, uh-huh. I want to bring you a little bit closer. Watch this one. This is a good story. I got many stories. <laughs> get ready. We, uh, I get a, by the end of the summer, I, don't, I got a, a few accounts, but not that many. We're about to go to um, Labor Day weekend, and my partner John at the time for promotions, he was like, Nick, um, I got some good news. I'm doing Puff Daddy's party, White Party, Hamptons. That was the, remember the Hamptons yeah, yeah, scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah, doing that Labor Day weekend. Good way to put your brand out there. I need about, you know, six cases, eight cases. I'm like, whatever you need, John, I'm there. We went out to the Hamptons. Party was hot, blew it up. John had made a concoction. He called it the uh, the, the Biggie Hypnotize. So mm. he had like the hypnotic, a Malibu, and a pineapple. And man, that joint was off the chain. And everybody was like rocking to it. Had a little menu placement. At the end of the night, John said, yo, we gonna, we gonna do, we decided to take it in. And we gonna do the release the following Tuesday of that week. I was like, bet. I'm at Justin's, finally. Perfect, can't wait. Justin's is the restaurant. Yeah, Best. Justin's was Puff Daddy's oh, restaurant, yeah, yeah. 21st Street between 5th and 6th. Yeah. Named after his first son. That's right, yeah. and it was it was one of the, it was, it was the who's who of who in New York was yeah. always at Justin's, Yeah, you know? Um, so I was like, you know, I was happy, everything was good, let's, let's rock. Um, Monday comes, and Monday I can't wait. I'm doing everything I possibly can, I'm getting like, Flyers done. I'm getting everything ready. So my man works like all the way down by Wall Street, and he's, you know, he he's gonna make my uh, my, my menu cards because I didn't even have no money. Like we didn't even have money for staples. Okay, there was no like, yo, go to Kinko's. Uh-uh. I had to go to a friend with a copying machine. Okay, that we had that type of money. Mm. So we had to go. I had to go there. Had to be there by eight o'clock in the morning. Ed Lover was on the radio at at Hot ninety seven, and I begged Ed Lover to um. You know, like to come to the party. He's like, Nick, I got you. So I got up at one at seven o'clock, got downtown at eight o'clock, Wall Street, mind you. Got to Hot 97 around like 8.30. Walked out of the building. Everybody's happy. It's a good day. Sun is out. Beautiful day. Going to launch my brand. Uh, this, this is like my turning point in my life. It's that following Tuesday, 2001. Mm, 8.46 in the morning. September 11th. Tower, oh, yeah. 11, Tower 1 is hit. Mm-hmm. On my day, mm. on my day, this is this is you. This shit can happen any other day. I, actually, I don't even want it to happen. Never. <laughs> right. Oh my God! But damn, on this like 9/11, we supposed to launch it now. They're going 9/11 at Justice, mm. and whose party, whose record release that we were going to listen to? Fabulous. Mm. Oh. Yeah, Jay Z dropped that day. And Jay Z too. Blueprint, Blueprint dropped and Fabulous dropped at the same yeah. same day. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we were gonna listen to them albums. Like, hey, that was like an important thing. Of course, that never happened. And then, um, so then we had to really sit back, and uh, we had to wait, and then we waited, and then I had to figure out another launch date for New York because New York was down, and I chose November first that year. Michael Jordan was coming back to Madison Square Garden and then he was playing with the Wizards and he was coming back to New York and Justin's, it was like, actually it was on a Tuesday and we started that night and we did a promotion at Justin's, launched it that night but the biggest thing was the biggest club in New York on Tuesday night was Club Cheetah. Oh man. So Club Cheetah (laughs) 
was the after party club Cheetah, to the it. Club Amnesia. That's, That's it. That's we did the after party at Club Cheetah. And I remember going in with the manager and the manager not believing me. And he's like, I'll take six bottles, but I doubt it's going to sell. And lo and behold, like we killed it that night. And here came a rapper named Fabulous. Brooklyn Zone. He bought two bottles. <laughs> Latrell Sprewell bought two bottles. Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> yeah, Clarence Weatherspoon on the next. They bought another bottle. Like, yo, we sold out. The manager was like, yo, I need another case. But I didn't have another case at that time. I was like, I got to. I got to come back, you know, tomorrow. And he was like, man, I was sold out. But it was a good feeling. But then I ended up getting to meet Fab, which was even better. You know what I'm saying? So then I, then, um, so then that was like a really, like, good start of the, the movement going into next year. Because going into next year, we started to, like, really, like, start, like, a real grassroots marketing plan, hitting as many bars and clubs and restaurants we could. We was getting a name for ourselves. We still was growing a little bit. Then came spring of that year of 02, and I was able to put a little bit of my budget together to um, do a video with Fab. Yeah, trade it all. Trade it all. Yeah. And trade it all, guys. When I tell <laughs> you, when I tell you, Jagged Puff Daddy, Jagged Puff, Edge, yeah. Barbershop soundtrack, Ice Cube's yep, first yep, movie. Yep, yep, yep. You know, like, whoa. To do that, and then to come back home, and mind you, we didn't even have a distributor in New York yet. So how'd you? All right, you put the you put the product placement, you put the the bottle in the video. It's mm -hmm. legendary whole situation. Yeah. How much did you have to pay Fab for that? I, I wish I could just plead the fifth on this, <laughs> but I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Um, you 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 probably will be like you wouldn't believe it. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could probably tell. I mean, it was years ago. I mean, whatever. Like, all right. So we paid under ten grand. How about that? Okay, under ten. Under ten. Okay. Right for a video of that magnitude. Yeah. Under ten thousand. Yeah. All right. Some for him. Some for the mate. Hey, manager. Hey, we good. The whole team. Hey, let's just you know, give me one second. But he gave me not one second. You know, they gave me some the whole seconds, the seconds. whole thing. Yeah. 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 Oh. And to the point where first commercial, yeah, <laughs> and to the point where we got. Remember, I tell you, like we started, we still was rocking. We only had an importer license, and we was working out of a place out of Long Island. We didn't have no distributor, and when that video hit, yeah, I, 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 imagine being at a, a small office with three people, and you, and the, and the guy's aunt, which is probably like seventy years old, is answering the phone. <laughs> and she's like, hello? Okay, hold on. We have um, Delaware on the phone? <laughs> hello? Georgia? Hello? Not what that video did. was not only for clubs and restaurants. The distributors in cities were calling. So how quick... Everybody, all right, so they saw the blue liquor in the video. Nobody really knew what it was, but it was just the whole vibe. It was the vibe. And then how quick did that turn into people just asking? Yeah, we like, need it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it seemed like it was wildfire. Overnight? It seemed like it was overnight because we, we signed on with a distributor who jumped on it, like ASAP. We signed on with them, like, within a week. And then they had a sales force of, like, 50 to 60. So we were able to, like, start flooding the gates in New York. 
not only in not only in clubs, but the most important thing was the stores. Mm. Stores were wanting it more than anything, and they were taking twenty case drops. They were taking ten case drops because people were looking at videos and going into the store and be like, "Yo, I need that bottle, that blue bottle." What? They didn't even know what it was. No. They just wanted the blue bottle. That blue bottle that was in the video. So you did the influencer marketing before influencer marketing was yeah. really product good. placement before product placement. before there was product placement, especially in, in the oh yeah industry. oh yeah well and influence marketing too because yeah that's true that's right. real big now on social exactly. media but influences yeah but I mean rap videos always been a product placement uh, rap videos always been a product placement but it was like nobody was really like on top of it to be like yo this is where I want because that's one like everybody was like putting a brand in it but they were using it nobody was really getting paid. That was a big thing too. They were just using. It. I mean, it was putting Crystal. Crystal was probably in all the videos prior before yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was like the number one. Like, hey, Crystal, you know, until you know. That was a status symbol, right? You know, but I, I tell you, the video that put me on status symbol when we had to work a deal deal out was making sure that it was like you know when you really want to work with the artist, but you really want to put it up and make sure that it was like prominent. Was when I got I did a video with Billy Woodruff in Miami. Shore Club, Whew. sixty bottles on the wall. Legendary director. Yes. <laughs> Who's right. that? <laughs> exactly. Let <laughs> me do the song. I do. The, I'd rather do the song and say the name at this point. Like, is everybody gonna? Ba- Why well, can't no bash me? I don't want, he was hot. I don't give a damn. Like, Cisco. R. Kelly. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cisco ignition, hot and fresh out in the kitchen. I'm rolling yeah, now. Yeah. Yo, sixty <laughs> bottles. Damn. Sixty bottles <laughs> on the wall. So, so how how how? All right. So, what was the what was the numbers that y'all was selling before the fab, and what was the numbers like a year later? Like how did? No, I mean, we, I mean, we probably were selling maybe maybe like five hundred cases. Maybe we maybe we were close to like six hundred cases. Total, total. Until the video comes out. Uh, video came out. We was up to five thousand. Five thousand cases. I saw. I read somewhere that the price point changed too. Like you, the bottles. Yeah, because we at one point. Yeah, because we was at sixteen ninety nine, and then. When you get with a distributor, so, so I keep hearing distributor. Yeah, Can you just uh, elaborate on the role of a distributor? They're they're the real sales force. When okay. you don't have a sales team, they're the sales force. They're the ones with the backing. To, you know, they have they have a they have what you call um, a real sales force team, and then they have a, what you call a pamphlet of everything else that I'm going to sell with your product, um, a portfolio. Right, so they have a portfolio of things, mm-hmm. and at that time, the the distributor that we went to probably only had like two or three. I th- we had they had Patron, which was rising. Oh, back then. Back then, yeah, they had oh, Patron, wow. which was like a, uh, a key, and then they had like um, I think they had like um, Pierre Jouet. They had like a champagne, and then they had like something else. I think they had like a um, I think they had a cognac, but nothing like really big, but. It was a small distributor. Actually, it's funny because it's up here. It's up in Porchester. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were called Eber Brothers. So five thousand. That's for the year, or five? Yeah, for the year. So, so you went from five hundred to five thousand. Five thousand. It's like a thousand percent increase, something like that. Yeah, but the thing was now, Not but more. the thing, well, I'm just talking about New York. We got open up in five states. That's the real big key thing. Like now we had to now we had to move a container, which a container. You know, holes that's coming from France all the way over here. Mm. You know, by water. So we was figuring it out like, yo, we gotta get that shit. Excuse my language over here quickly. Um, but of course, it's gonna still take time because it's, it's by freight. Um, but we're looking at places that was taken in containers. 
So a state was calling in like, yo, I need a container. So you wasn't making the liquor in America. The liquor wasn't made in America. No, France, no, it's in France. France. It was France. made in France. Mm-hmm. What's that? What, what's that process like? From getting it, obviously from. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a process that when people always say, yo, you need to come out with your own liquor. You need, <laughs> you need to do your research. You need to really go back over and really see exactly a lot of. There's a lot of. There's so much movement inside of getting a product done in France and bringing it over from France to the U.S. And there's so many like laws and there's, there's things that you got to tackle and there's red tape and it, there's a lot. It can't be made in America. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's, oh. There's, oh yeah. Now, well, now, now of today, I mean, you can see there's distilleries and there's things that's popping up all all around the country now, which mm-hmm. is like you know great. So at the peak, how how big was Hypnotic? Like at its peak, what was the? Oh, million cases easily. Two a year, million. two million a year. That's... Yeah, because I was, we did. In the stretch that I was in there, um, in three years we did a million cases. Uh, how much money? How much money is that? Like <laughs> in the millions, mm. in the, in the double millions. Like, yeah, in the double millions. Like you could, you could. Sometimes everybody always says like you could, you can do the numbers, right? So you can times, you could times what a case would be, you know, whatever a case is. So let's just say a case was a one thirty, right? So you times that by a million cases. Do it that way, but that ain't the the the, the net. like that's not yeah. overall. Like you got so many other cuts that you have to do, but it, it's a lot of money. So it, it's Raphael and his brother, then it's you. It's yeah, it's, it's Raphael. Solomon really wasn't a part of it. He just was like helping out in the beginning, but it really was just Raphael and me. And it was a gentleman by the name of Jim Goldstein who had an importer's license that really helped us with the importing of everything outside of it in Long Island. So you got up to, at the peak, you said a million cases. Well, no, no. So up to the peak, when we, we sold in 2003. Yo, that was oh, you sold the company? We sold the company, yeah. Okay. We sold the company in 2003. So like a bigger, who'd you sell it to? Heaven Hill, out of Kentucky. That's, uh, a, that's a liquor company. Yeah, so that, yeah. So they're, the, they're, they're, like, they're like the fourth biggest family in bourbon in the country. Yeah. They're, yeah. So they're, they're the biggest one is like, you know, Evan Williams. Like, they're like huge. How much you sell it for? About sixty million. I know, right? What was your cut? I had a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, what I always tell everybody is is this thing is that um I got I got broke off pretty nice, wasn't as nice as everybody were like, oh my god, you should have got no because at that time I took a, a I took a point, not just a point, but I took a couple of points, but really wasn't adapted to. The knowledge of that I have today, mm-hmm. like you know, you know, yeah. I'm saying? getting in the business. Yeah, like just learning, just, yeah. just learning, learning. Like you know, it's just like any like producer. Like yeah, you know, I'll give up half of my whatever on this track, and then the track becomes so great, and you're like, oh, I didn't know, but you know, you you live and you learn. But it was like I always say this: it was it was good enough for me to at least say I bought my mom and dad the condo that they kind of wanted for a long time. And I wasn't a ball player, and I wasn't a rapper, and I didn't sell drugs. Okay, so hey, I accomplished a lot. No, that's a fact. You know that's a fact. This, 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 when Fabulous sees you now, does he ever feel a way that he got paid less than ten thousand dollars? No, 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 company? no, not uh, at all. Fab is like all. I mean, Fab is like um, been. I mean, he's been my friend for God, God knows how many years. Like he's been the biggest supporter of me. 
not only from Hypnotic, but then remember we went over to Ciroc and well, yeah, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Because that's what makes it legendary. It's right. Like if you can do something once, great. If you do it twice, that makes oh, you a legend. Yeah, it is. Right. So yeah, yeah. You, so you, you've done that twice. I did it twice. With with Ciroc. So can we talk about Ciroc? How, how did okay, that? Okay. All right. How, so so we finished with Hypnotic because yeah, that was crazy, yeah, right? So yeah, that yeah. I mean. I, and I didn't even get to tell my Incredible Hulk story, but we're good. No, no, we're good. We're good. Incredible Hulk is a legendary drink um, because it has two classics in, in, our, in the black culture, Hennessy and Hypnotic. Yes. Yeah, it is. And it, it changes the, the color of the drink. It changes the color. <laughs> and, and, and how I did it, guys. Like, you created that? Oh, Did you do wow. your homework? Did we, can I check these notes? <laughs> yes. Wow. But I'm going to tell you the true story. I did the marketing of it. Okay. Well, I say I created it like when I when I was in Double XL magazine when they wrote me up and, and talked about how I blew this drink up. Right. It was really somebody anonymous that was in Brooklyn. Okay. No true story. <laughs> okay. Kid walked in. He told my model sampling girl. Mm -hmm. That's it. Nah, baby, we know how to do this. So he grabbed a Hennessy bottle. And then he grabbed a hypnotic bottle. He brought it to the table, and he poured. The hypnotic first, and he poured the Hennessy after it. And I was sitting behind these boxes because I didn't want to, like, you know, because, you know, I'm just doing some, like, store reports and, like, just seeing who's coming in, and I'm working with the girl. And I didn't notice that both of them stood together, but he put his finger in the drink and made it turn around and made it turn green. But the crazy part about it is that after he did it, he was like so amped about it. He called it the money shot. Mm. And he's about to walk away and he went back to the girl and he said, yo, mom, can I get your number? And she's like, no, you know, I can't do that. And he's like, all right, no problem. You know, it sometimes it just, it turns, you know, the green sometimes make me feel confident. Just like make me feel like the Hulk. And I was like, the Hulk. Green like the Hulk. So I wrote it down. Green like the Hulk. I sat with it for an hour. I called my friend Mark in L.A. I said, Mark, you always talk about Tupac because Alizé is my, that's my arch nemesis. He you always know? talked about that. And I'm like, I can't beat Alizé. And I'm, I'm trying to. And Mark, what's that song? He said, yo, Nick, um, it's the Thug Passion record. Uh, he says, pass me that Alizé and that Hennessy. And I was like, you know what, Mark? I'm going to do the Hulk. He said, what? I said, because if you put Hennessy in hypnotic, it turns green. I'm going to do the Hulk. So he was like, oh, okay. So I went back, told Raphael my plan. He thought it was ludicrous. He thought you were spending the money on marketing money for, for Another company. something stupid. Yeah. Right? What are you doing? I was like, Raphael, just trust me on this. I went to Abracadabra on 21st Street. I rented the Incredible Hulk costume. <laughs> I'm about to put somebody's name on blast. I had to call my cousin Raheem, <laughs> who had just came home <laughs> from, <laughs> from doing college time. You know what I mean? And Raheem came home big as a house. And Raheem was looking for a job. And I said, Raheem, meet me here at a place called Babaloo's, and I need you to meet me here. He couldn't wait. He dressed all in black. He got his outfit ready, and he met me there. And he was like, what do I got to do? And I was like, what you got to do is wear this costume. He was like, yo, I'm not wearing this fucking costume. I was like, nigga, you're going to wear this costume. 
He was like, I was like, listen, you want this 200 bucks? Because that's what we pay for the promotion. You want this 200? He was like, I, you know what, I'll wear it. But that's it. The funny part of the story is that I had him dressed in an Incredible Hulk costume and walk around with a Hennessy bottle and a hypnotic bottle for all night. The manager told me that I was only going to sell at least 10 drinks. It was not going to come close to the thug passion. I ended up selling 45 drinks that night. The manager told me if I could bring this Incredible Hulk guy in here for the next four Fridays, He'll take in 10 cases a week. And that's what we did. I blitzed out New York from Justin's, Babalu's, all the way to Jimmy's Bronx Cafe mm. on an Incredible Hulk costume for three and a half months until I embedded it inside of New York. That's how the Incredible Hulk was really made. If you've ever been to a party in New York City in the 2000s and that drink was in the environment... That changed the entire environment. Uh, that changed the entire environment. All right, so we're going to talk about the, the, the Ciroc situation. So I remember the first time I saw Ciroc, Diddy had like a New Year's Eve commercial, and he's like with a tuxedo on, he's drinking. So I'm like, what the hell is Ciroc? Like, I never heard of Ciroc mm-hmm. before. And come then fly with me, come <laughs> fly, <laughs> let's fly away. And then like Vegas commercial. six months later. He's on a jet ski with it. Oh, man, it had like a tidal wave. So... <laughs> All right. Up in that, up until that point, we was drinking Grey Goose. Grey Goose. Grey Goose was, was the champion. Was, was the champion. Grey Goose oh, was yeah. the champion. Oh yeah. And that changed. Grey Goose was the champion. Oh, yeah. and Very Ciroc, quickly. Ciroc changed the whole dynamic. So we're sitting with the reason. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So all right. Yes. What is? What is? Yes. What is the deal with Ciroc? How, how do we how start you, the Ciroc? No, I don't even. Well, I mean, it, it actually it's crazy because it started at. Um, it started when I went to a party, at. Um, a mansion on like 62nd Street. And it was a, actually a release for Unforgivable, the cologne. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unforgivable was the release. And um, I went there, and um, I'm walking out. And as I'm walking down the block, I hear this uh, two women screaming, like, not, they were, Nick, Nick Storm. And I look over, and I know one of the ladies, because um, I knew her from another um, company, and she'll tell a story better than me, Erica Pittman, who's like a powerhouse in the business. Um, she'll tell her, like, I was running down in stilettos and I jumped over the car yeah. just to get to him. <laughs> but yeah, so she jumped over and then actually it was uh, Erica and Dia Sims, both powerhouse women of today. Don't call them enterprises. That's right. And um, she, um, they both said, hey, Nick, we need you to come and meet with, um, meet with um, Sean. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know anything what was going on. It was like, yeah, we're going to give you a call this week. We need, we've been, we, we've been looking for you. We're trying to find you. Um, we got to find you today. But, yeah, we need to come and sit with him. I was like, all right, just let me know. And uh, the next day, I got a call from a woman by the name of Jackie Lee, who was at Diageo at the time. Very powerful black woman. African-American woman, sorry. And uh, she was, uh, you know, she was like, Nick, there's some things happening up at Diageo, um, but you're going to get a call, so just be prepared for it. And I was like, okay, cool. So, anyway. Diageo is the company that owns the rock, right? Exactly, yeah. And okay. they own a lot of A lot of different Yeah, they own 40% of LVMH, which is Hennessy and Moet, and yeah. they own everything from Johnny Walker on down from Crown Royal, you know, all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they're, um, so, I ended up getting a call and to come meet with Mr. Coons. So um, my first day, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't mind. But I'm, I have no idea what it really is entailed. Um, but when I get there, I get to the office, and um, he's like, yo, what's up? 
I was like, hey, what's going on? Damn. I sit in the couch. Now, mind you, at this time, this is like Puff Daddy. Did you know him before that? Oh, seven. Yeah. Okay. Well, not knew him like chilling, yeah. but like knew him like I would do like I was doing like a lot of events and a guy by the name of Jeff Sanchez at the time worked for Puff okay. and he was plugging me wherever Puff was at. Because Puff was like in hypnotic. Yeah. So wherever Puff was at, I was like, all right, I got your cases over here. I got your cases over here. Yeah. Like, what do you need? So um, Puff, the funniest thing is like when he was like, yo, I just want to know one thing before this whole meeting. I was like, yo, he was like, how'd you do it? The million dollar question. So I was like, how how I, how I did what? He was like, no, how'd you do it? How'd you... um?" How'd you get hypnotic everywhere? I was like, oh, um, well, and then you 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 go into a trance because he's looking at you with those, you know, like how he looks at you on the floor when he goes like this. We've heard some stories. Right, like, like and you just get, so, and then, mind you, he's got the Biggie poster behind him, Grammys. I mean, his office, you ever been to Puff's office? His office is immaculate. Like, it's like every picture from Quincy Jones on down to the presidents. And so you already and like, you better like figure it out, right? But then you got like your dad and like, you know, like, you better not tell him nothing. And then, you, know, like, you, know, like, you know, the good cop, angel, you know, the devil, like you don't know what to do. And, you, and then I said, you know what? I did a little bit of this and I did a little bit of that. And I was like, and he was like, oh, good answer. I was like, you know, um, I did some videos. I did some, you know, street marketing. I tried to keep it really. He was like, okay, I see what you're saying. He's like, listen, you ever heard of Syrah? I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. We're about to do this. He told me a little bit of this. He broke everything down. He was very animated. He was like getting up. I was like, ooh, I feel the energy. I feel the vibe. And he's like, yo, you just got, yo, I'm telling you, you got to get on this train. Like, yo, you got some good ideas. Yo, you got to bring them over here. Let's, let's rock and roll. Talk to Dia. I was like, all right, cool. So, like, the next week, I spoke to Dia. And he was like, yo, we gonna bring you on. I was like, you know what? Perfect timing. I'm ready to go. And uh, I went on board. And uh, 2008 was like the, the real official, like, we're going to make this thing happen. And, uh, yeah. And I got on, and I, I put some programs together. And these are very key programs in, in anything that, that, that we've done. Um, the number one key program was the ambassador program. And the key about ambassadors is what I did with Hypnotic. And I never wanted one company for us to give the marketing budget to one company and have them run the promotions. I mean, there's companies out there now like Team and these other companies that, like, they just do the promotions for the company. But there's nobody that's living and breathing the brand. And when we were at Hypnotic, they were going to give our money to, like, one promotional company, and then I would fly in and be with them. And But I was like... I want somebody that lives and breathes the brand every day. I want someone who knows that Fab is doing a party tonight, Meek Mill's birthday's tomorrow, um, the Nike release is at the Nike store. Like, I need that person that's in the market every day, breathing, living the brand. And that right there is what a real ambassador is about. And I did that with Hypnotic. And I was like, well, what I'm going to do with Ciroc is we're going to take that same blueprint and we're going to bring it over here and we're going to do it over here. And that was very key to the brand's success. Not only that one, second part was doing a DJ program. DJ program I had with Hypnotic, but I only had three DJs. You know, I had like SNS, Clue, Clue. Big Tigger, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, I had, so he was saying that. Yeah, I had Big Tigger, I had Clue. Tigger and Clue, I tell you, I was the first person. We went to Hawaii together, cause we was doing like hypnotic at the naval base, baby. You know, <laughs> um, but I and then I had Camilo in Puerto Rico when I, he first was coming up. But when we got over to Ciroc, you know, Sean Prez, shout out to Sean Prez, he was able to really, cause he had like a lot of DJs for the musical side of it. Mm -hmm. So he was able to, we put the program together to able able to do it on the Ciroc side. And that's when we had kind of like actually created the Ciroc Boys. Hmm. And the Ciroc Boys name, I will always still tell you, it was a Puff Daddy thing, but I, but I think that I have to give just a little bit of credit to Terrence J for some odd reason. Cause, <laughs> Terrence J yeah, at 106 in Park. Man. Yeah, man, because <laughs> he was on 106 in Park. He was the young boy. He was rocking. And we was actually at the 4040 getting ready to do the Rock Boys video. Uh, and I was putting product placement in there. And... um. Puff, Nas, Jay, and everybody was getting Classic ready. Scene. Classic video. Up in their rooms and this and that. And um, I was getting something for the guys. And I remember Terrence Jay walking in and he was like, yo, we here. And, you know, he slapped me five with Puff and this and that. He's like, yo, you know, you know, we here, man. You know, Rock Boys is here. And yo, Nick, where's the Rock? Yo, yo, come on. And I remember I was giving him the bottle just to joke around. And Terrence was like, you know, we some Rock Boys. Oh. Good, yeah, good one. So that nigga Puff was like, nah, nigga, we all Ciroc boys. And Puff was like, nah, we Ciroc boys. And we just was rocking with it. And then um, the next week, I mean, that next week, we had to come up with a name for the DJs. And lo and behold, it was like, yo, Ciroc boys. And there it was. So why'd you, why'd you choose the DJs? That's interesting. Why'd you choose the DJs? Because DJs kind of get left looked over a lot. Yeah, because yeah, the DJs are very important. Very influential and, people. And they went from breaking records to now. You, listen, so I always say this. I utilized my bartenders as DJs when I was really was trying to break a brand at the bar. The, the bartender is going to tell you what to drink. Sometimes he will change you. Sometimes he will influence you. Bartender is very important inside of the business of the bar. The DJ, to me, was very important at that time for the people to know what we were drinking at night. What we listening to, what we dancing to, what we rocking tonight. If you ain't got that Ciroc in your park, if you ain't got that, where that Ciroc bar, where Ciroc boys, and it just kept going on. I mean, when you got people like Flex, and Clue, and Enough, and Camillo, Pro Style, and Self, just in New York alone, you're looking at almost five, six nights of nonstop in your ear, in your face Every promotions. Day. Yeah. Then you go across the country up in Chicago and you got Ferris, LL, I mean, um, LA, Felly Fell, Atlanta, Drama. Like, like we, like, you know, like DC, Quicksilver, we had them all the way across the board. And, and whenever, whether, whatever city you was at. Yeah, it was like a stamp, man. Yeah, we had a stamp on the Ciroc boys across the country. And, it, and, then, and that's, why, that's why when you said me earlier, was everybody a Ciroc boy? I mean, if a guy was in a club and he popped five, six bottles of Ciroc, Hey, he's a Ciroc boy. And then people started calling themselves Ciroc boys, even yeah. if they weren't getting paid to be called. They were yeah, still doing it. Was, it. Yeah. There's no bad promotion. They just, yeah. it's promotion. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah promotion. of course, of course. Yeah. promotion. Some of it became bad because we had some calls <laughs> from local market. Like, one of your Ciroc boys showed up and uh, took two bottles and said uh, he was a Ciroc boy. Charging to the company. <laughs> what? <laughs> Call Nick. He'll vouch. He'll vouch. I was nowhere. <laughs> up, man. I was nowhere in Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> that wasn't me. We got a DJ out there. We got a DJ. 
So you said something um that was interesting with the um hypnotic that I just realized because I see like even with Fifty Cent with his thing that he's going to like different states. So when you roll out a liquor, it's like it, it's not it doesn't just go nationally. Like it has to go like different markets, like one market at a time. No, it can go nationally. Once you okay. go with a with a national distributor, okay, it'll go nationally. Like okay. once you go with it, like so, Diageo of course has distributors all across the country. Once you know when when you're with Diageo, it, it's it's flooded across all fifty states. You know, like that's how it is. You know, whether you're with Southern Wine and Spirits or whether you're with Empire or what you know, with Young's Market in LA, like each each and DC down in DC, like each state has their own distributor. So once if I was to bring a brand tomorrow and it's called Evolution, and Diageo got this new brand called Evolution, we're not going to do one state at a time. It's going to be actually be flooded out all, all the way across the board. That's why you got to come out with a national plan, and you got to come out with a national marketing plan to make sure that you you'll be able to you know you move the product inside the states. So the 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 first part right in '08 when Ciroc takes off, the 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 plan was like we have the guy right. Puff is the guy. Yeah. It, in my mind, I'm thinking like this guy's James Bond. Was that the vision? Like I seen him. He was on jet skis. He's jumping out of helicopters. Yeah, he was. Vegas, uh, he's like yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, he, he he knew how to. Um, it's one thing about him is and and being around him and working with him. Like you you you're very um. You're very on your toes, but he he always has a vision that you'll be like, wow, like. I can see what you're saying, like you know, like it's just it's it's it was really. A really incredible time to be around a man like that. To be honest with you, like he motivates he motivates you from every aspect, right? Um, but the plan was we wanted just to celebrate life, and we wanted to have a celebration moment about it, and we wanted to be about life, about the celebratory side of it. Like, no matter whether you, you know if you if you lost your job, we're gonna celebrate because you're gonna get a new one. When you got a job, we're gonna celebrate because you got a job. Like it was just we're just trying to find bright moments within everybody and. Even when it was just like a circle, like we had did a campaign like circle, like a step into the circle was like a step into the circle of friends and friendship and love and and love your friends and hang out with your family more and and just we just try to figure out a lot of things that we wanted to come up with. But the most part about of it was mostly thing about it was about being celebrated and to celebrate life and that that's what the main thing about the whole branding about Ciroc was. So how quick did Ciroc grow from? Whoa, I can tell you those numbers. They went quick. They went from <laughs> like, I mean, this is a brand that was out for five years between 2002 and 2007 until, you know, uh, Mr. Combs basically took it over. Um, 60,000 60, case brand up for five years to when we got it. Um, I think we, I mean, we, we doubled the numbers in one year. So we did like, we did from 60 to like 170. Mm. In one year, and then yeah, one year, and then 2009, we really killed it because we came out with the flavors. And the first flavors we came out was with coconut and red <laughs> yeah, berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2009, we really took the uh, the movement crazy because one, it, it was a good time because we was coming out with a you know, last train to Paris, which was an album that he was coming out with. Good as album. Well. Good album. Good album. Like good very album. underrated. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Good album. Um, but he was like, we was coming out with the album, but and we was doing album release in certain markets, and we were releasing the brand at the time, so it was very key. Timing is a, is very key in a lot of things. So we were coming out with the album and branding the brand, and coming out with the coconut rock and the red berry in certain states. It, it just everything was moving. 
Yeah, so the first three years, I, I think I read a million cases? Yeah, first three. And, and you were the million, <laughs> the million case man then. I did it again. <laughs> you did it again. I did it again. <laughs> so, all right. Just being a part of it, but so, like, yeah. So you, you do that, and then, um, so what's your vision now as far as like where, because I know you said now you, you, you do your consultant. And yeah. You do, so, yeah, you, you did it once, you did it twice. Like, where do you see y- yourself in the, in, the, in the spirits industry moving forward? I think... Um, I could do it again. History shows. I could do it again. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I think now is I'm at a point in my life where um, I can look back and reflect and, and, and be happy. And uh, one of the things I can, I can really be happy about um, is I had I got a phone call the other day uh, from a young lady that um, really gave, like, really told me about working up under me, you know, what she learned where she's at today would have never been there because of me. And then I look back at about 11 or 12 people right now that's with inside the business and inside the liquor industry right now with jobs that look back and say, I came up under Nick Storm. And if you can't point someone in a direction and, and I always feel like you really look good when you can really point somebody to make money. Like I always feel like that, right? Like I feel good that know that I put certain people in good positions to really make some money and feed their families. Mm-hmm. You know, and my and my job now I think is really educating the youth in um, understanding about hard work, dedication, and most importantly is like getting a lot of more youth. I mean, more of us. I'm sorry with being Latin American and African American. As I say it, I'm what's both. Your, what's your, my mother's Puerto Rican and my father's okay. African American. Okay. So I'm I'm both. I'm I'm best of both worlds. How I say like it, like Noriega. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I would say as educating them on the business of the wine and spirits business. You know, I stated before, like I've been in the game 20 years, um, making six figures for 20 years. There's so many good jobs within inside the wine and spirits business that people don't know about. Whether it's marketing, whether it's advertising, whether it's public relations, whether it's salespeople, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, a girl told me the other day, and this is a good one too. Uh, she was a bartender at a strip club, and I'm sorry, a gentleman's club, <laughs> gentleman's club, and she was really good at sales, and she would say to me, you know, I wish I could blow this nightlife one day, and I said, you know what, you are, and. When you're really serious, you let me know. And I think a week later, she was very serious. She asked me for advice. She put a blue suit on with her shirt. I told her what to wear. I told her what to say. She went for a job at a distributor, at a sales position. She got it. The reason why I'm telling the story is, last two weeks ago, she said, I wanted your address because I wanted to send you a gift because for a year and a half, um, she's been doing really well, but this year in 2019, she made sales girl of the year. Mm. She changed her life from the nightlife of what she really didn't want to do and really became a saleswoman and is so happy and proud. But that made me feel proud because she was able to change her whole lifestyle and really like, you know, and she had a daughter and, and she's doing really well. And, I, and that's like, a, like that right there, you could change one person's life sometimes. When I speak in front of kids, and if two kids come up to me after it, like one kid came to me the other day and said, you really get paid to party? I was <laughs> like, yeah, uh, but not like that. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, you know, and, but uh, I, I always feel like, you know, that, that's my mission now because I'm no good 
without giving the knowledge that that what I was doing. Each one, reach one. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, and sure. that, so that's where I'm at in my life. I want to consult with from brands on down to to the younger generation, and I and I want to uh, and I want to speak. I want to do public speaking with inside of schools and and trying to educate them on jobs with inside the business. So how would they find those jobs, right? The young lady, that's incredible that she did that, but she knew she saw yeah, you. Yeah, she knew me. So how would the average person say, you know what, I want to get in the spirits industry? Where do I go? You know, I'm looking lately, and then a lot of people have been hitting me up, but it's it's a lot of people, like a lot of, a lot of jobs are like online now. Okay. Like, you know, you can go on Diageo's website. You can go on um, Perdomo Ricard's website, which is an, another big... um. Like a brand, um, but you can go on these these websites, and and I, honestly, do your do your knowledge. Like a friend of mine went at a liquor store, went in the back of a bottle, found where the bottle was being imported from, and wrote the company up in Connecticut, and found a, the website to it, and then found the HR person to it. Like people mm -hmm. are really like like knowing how to do it. They're, they're hungry enough to yeah. do their work now, which is good. And it's funny, I'm really only telling the story because he got the job. Yeah. <laughs> was it's crazy, but he, yeah, he yeah. got and then he's working in Connecticut right now, but um, but yeah, so that's 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 where I'm at now. Nah, that's dope, man. Well, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. How it's can the, how can the people contact you? Can they contact you? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can, you can, all right, so, yeah, you can contact me on my social. Media. Um, yeah, you can yeah, DM right. me. I, listen, I, I answer everybody. Um, my uh, email is uh, nickstorm29 at gmail. Can email me, but my I, uh, IG is I am Nick Storm, right. and you can uh, contact me. Or oh, my manager, his name is Jay Cooler. <laughs> 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 my manager, his Instagram. I don't know his Instagram. His Instagram is Jay Cooler. <laughs> yeah, DM him. He'll get me. You know, at any speaking engagements. You know, whatever. You know, my manager's right there. Shout so, out yeah. to the town of Greenberg. That, Jay yeah, Crew Love. Jay Crew Love. One lands on for a little bit. Sure. We call him Stephen A. J. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's actually a good That's one. Classic. That's a good one. Troy, house, housekeeping items. Yeah, man. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. We have hit 100 on there. We had a goal to hit 100 people. And um, that's our proud to pay program. We hit 100. And we got something special for those those people, like we said, on the site. We're going to do something real special to five or six of y'all. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, keep supporting, man. We have five tiers. We're actually going to do some remodeling on our, our Patreon. We're going to change some things up. But um, keep supporting that. And uh, everybody that's supporting the merch on EarnYourLeisure.com. It is hoodie season here in New York. So it might be hoodie season on the East Coast. So our sweatshirts are up there. Uh, we have the Assets Over Liability sweatshirt. We're also going to have Hustle for Your Last Name. And uh, we're going to have some new merch coming, man. Uh, shout out to all our earners. That is, you know, the people that follow Earn Your Leisure and support Crazy. It's a community. Uh, and if, if you'll see. You shall see, uh, Nick, uh, after this episode is what the earners are all about. Um, they, they are a, a legion of supporters. So shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to them for sure. And Patreon's the community. And that's it. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this 
Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. 